This is Bobby Rimpley from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Hello, this is Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. And of course, we're broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. I am very happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. We have a ton of stuff to get to. However, if you have always wanted to be a part of the show, you wanted to shoot me an email, you want to lob me a telephone call, there's two ways you can do that, and this is exactly how you can do that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter that was sent out a little bit earlier this afternoon. It is the second Tuesday of the month, so you know what that means. He'll be here for not only one, but two regular segments in the first hour. The creator of AmazingRibs.com, Craig Meathead Goldwyn, will be joining me on the show. We have plenty to talk about. We are going to be discussing and uh, answering and batting around some conversation on questions that you have asked me throughout Facebook today, both on my personal page and on the show page. So look forward to Meathead at 914 and then holding him over in the 935 segment. And then we'll move on to the second hour. Joining me, a professional hardcore carnivore, a friend of this show. Jess Priles, JessPriles.com. She's always got her mitts into a number of things as it relates to the world of live fire cooking, barbecue, grilling, all that stuff. So uh, we'll be talking recipes. We'll be talking some upcoming appearances and business dealings that she's got, unveiling some new products and partnerships that she has going on. I mean, she is living, really living the barbecue lifestyle. Some of us are just dipping the toe in per se, but she is uh, uh, perhaps even over her head with the amount of uh, how she has actually attacked the industry. So looking forward to talking with Jess Priles around 1014. And then at 1035, guess what? Open segment. That's right. So if you'll recall just a few minutes ago, I said if you've ever wanted to get in touch with the show, call, email, have me answer a question, I can ask you a question, whatever. You have something that you just need to get off your chest, 
And it doesn't necessarily have to relate to barbecue and grilling. I'm not really interested in talking politics per se. But outside of that, I'm open for it. You know me. The show's live. You never know what's going to happen. That's why we do it. So you can hit me up in that 1035 segment. We might be doing some giveaways and so forth. Getting a text message coming in. I knew somebody was going to catch that, but I'm not going to say it out loud. Uh, 1035 is the place you want to jump in. That number again, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Also, top of the second hour, I do have an official hashtag horsemeat2017 update. So stay tuned for that. Literally from top men in the state of Ohio. Whatever that might mean to your imagination, top men. Sometimes they can be top women. In this case, it's a top man. There's only two of them in the state. If I'm giving it away. But needless to say, I got some email communication that I am going to share with you. And it is both exciting and extremely frustrating all at the same time. So there you go. All right, uh, everybody, do me a favor. If you're listening live right now, uh, put on your social media platforms uh, that would entail Facebook, the YouTubes, the tweeters, the Pinterests, the Google Pluses, all of these type things. Does anybody do Tumblr? Put it on your Tumblr and let everybody in the shows on, right? You can send them over to the audio link, which is my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. You can catch the live video feed on our longtime syndication partner, outdoorcookingchannel.com. By the way, I don't know if Kevin Bevington is actually listening in this or just hoping that I'm showing up on time and has it all dialed in through times and magically I hit it and everything works without a kink or a wrench. Kevin, how long have we been syndicating together now? Me and you, video side. I don't know if anybody recalls the very first videos that I ever did for OutdoorCookingChannel.com, but Kevin keeps... All of the video archives on OutdoorCookingChannel.com so you can punch into the Barbecue Central show out on his website and scroll all the way back to the very, very, very first video that I ever did in conjunction with OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Obviously, I'd done the show many years prior to partnering with Kevin at uh, Outdoor Cooking Channel. But to see where that first video was and how bad it was to what we have grown into today, I don't know if you could possibly believe that we've actually been able to grow that far, that well, I guess. So, Kevin, if you're listening, I would just love a update on how long. I want to say, you know, eight years maybe, right? Maybe. Could it be longer than that? I don't know. Somebody will tell me. Centralites know everything about the show because that's why they're Centralites. Also, you can get this show on Internet Protocol Television or IPTV. Go to your store's uh, particular app store or go to your platform's particular app store and search for Outdoor Cooking Channel. If it has it, download it. You can get the live stream. You can also get the host of archives of all the other shows that are Outdoor Cooking Channel related. So a number of different ways to consume the show. Don't forget you can subscribe to this show. Obviously, if you're a podcaster, this might be a little redundant for you. And I go over how you get in touch with the show each and every week because people are listening live and maybe they don't know they can do all this other stuff they might have access to. That's why I do it each and every week. Kind of base it off a radio show, a little intro here before we get into the really good content. 
But if you have, if you're not currently subscribed to the podcast, you can do that through iTunes by searching the Barbecue Central Show, or if you just put in BBQC, I will come up like Spacey, like you're going to start Central. I'll come up. Also, Google Play Music or Google Music, I think that's what it's called. They now have the native app right in the hardware or software where you can subscribe right to the show. You don't need any third-party app. Google Music does it now just like iTunes does it for the iOS devices. So very easy to get this show on podcast because sometimes even if you get it live, you might miss something or you want to go back and listen to something again, and now you've caught something new that you missed the first time around. I listen to the show back uh, once or twice on Wednesdays just so I can hear what kind of vernacular mistakes that I've made or use of wrong words or tenses of word, you you name it. Or I should ask this question than that question. It's all armchair quarterback for me on Wednesdays, but maybe you would get a little bit more of a benefit out of it as well if you listen to it again. So subscribe to the show. All right, special announcement. And I don't have her name here, and I apologize, but I saw it on social media here just a few minutes ago. I want to wish a very happy birthday to show longtime show sponsor Dave Bosca's mom. Happy birthday, Dave Bosca's mom. Look at what you've provided the barbecue world. Dave Bosca. That's Dave's mom should be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame for creating, well, also Dave's dad, I guess, if we're going to do this right. But it is Dave's mom's birthday. So she should be in the Barbecue Hall of Fame because she and her husband created Dave. What a gift. All right, email from Leonard Aberman. Hey, Greg, I don't usually send fan mail. However, a few months ago, I was looking for a barbecue-related podcast and found your show. I've always enjoyed grilling, have tried to do most of what can be done low and slow on a charcoal grill and or smoker on my gas grill. I live in New York and grill year-round. After researching for a long time, I decided to buy a smoker, WSM 18-inch. Love using the smoker, love my barbecue. Uh, Wait, love using the smoker and my love of barbecue has increased. Your show is perfect for a fanatic like me. I'm an Ohio University alum. My son is currently attending the college in Ohio. You have a beautiful state, and what I can remember, Cleveland was a very nice city. I guess I'm all over this place with the email, but I just wanted to let you know I really enjoy your show. Look forward to it every Tuesday night. Yes, I have watched it live, but mostly hear it in podcast form. Thank you very much, Leonard Aberman. Leonard, thank you, man. Look at you, proud Ohio Bobcat, and the son is too. I'm a Bobcat, proud graduate of 97. With a sports industry degree. That's why I'm selling Class 8 tractors. <laughs> Sorry for wasting your money, Mom and Dad. <clears throat> hey, Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience. Whether you barbecue in your backyard, in the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility, Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job and with a full line of barbecue sauces. Spices, pellets, wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoke and grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cook Shack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast, Eddie Morin. The FEC 100 and PG 1000 are always customer favorites. 
The PG-1000 can double as a smoker and grill, low and slow, hot and fast. The pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Top on QPR, as I always say. Cookshack Residential Electric Smokers, number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being the top priority. Get the best in barbecue. Since 1962, call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. Or you can visit their website, cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. Appreciate their longtime sponsorship of this show. Great products over at Cookshack. If you're looking for a commercial-grade pellet-fired pizza cooker, just unveiled at the NRA show month, month and a half ago. So come on. How about it now? Here we go. Cookshack.com. All right. Uh, Meathead Goldwyn coming up out of the break. Barbecue food for you weighing in. YouTube Red users can download content as a podcast now or just watch the video. I don't know what that means. I'm not up on YouTube because I got banned from YouTube. I was banned from YouTube. It's a different story for a different day. All right, uh, we'll be back right after this with Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Smithfield. You love to barbecue, you love to compete, you love to win. Do all three with help from Smithfield since 1938. Smithfield has been producing high-quality, fresh pork products, and now they invite you to get smoking with Smithfield. If you're a competitive barbecuer, you can join the Committed Cooks program. Members who commit to cooking with premium hand-trimmed Smithfield fresh pork will receive swag and other great prizes. Commit to cooking with Smithfield. See what's going on in barbecue if you visit smokinwithsmithfield.com. That's smokinwithsmithfield.com. Email in from John Dawson. Remps, I thought I'd mention that I've been listening to your show on the Simple Radio app for the past several weeks. Far better than TuneIn, just FYI for the streamers. P.S. It connects much faster, and the stream seems to be more reliable, I think, especially when you're connecting between uh, 4G, LTE, and Wi-Fi, depending on, like, if you're out mowing the lawn, sometimes your phone has trouble deciphering whether it needs to be connected to your house or whether it needs to be connected to your data plan or what. Of course, it's always free with Wi-Fi, but sometimes you got to use that data. All right. Nevertheless, second Tuesday of the month brings the creator of AmazingRibs.com, who looks like he might have sprinted in. It's uh, Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show. Meathead, how are you, buddy? Oh, man, I did. I just sprinted <laughs> in. I, we went to the movie, you know. 
I Tuesday night is date night. My right. wife and I and her brother and his wife always go to the movies. How long have you been and doing that? Ten years now. Wow. We see a lot of movies. I see a lot of crap. <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw Wonder Woman tonight. But I, it's a long movie, and it started late, and I had to sprint home, let the dogs out, pour myself my usual glass of wine, and I've been having computer problems all day, Uh-oh. and I just didn't know if I was going to make it. I swear, I, honestly, God, I just switched. I, I, I got the connection just, in time, just uh, in time. Wonder Woman has now been the number one box office smash two weeks in a row, so being a wine critic and a... Barbecue aficionado, what do you say about Wonder Woman as a movie? Is it is it worth it? It's a good story. The, the I'm not, I can't blow too much, but it could have ended about twenty minutes earlier. There's a pivotal scene, and it would have been a better ending. And but they had to bring in this m- massive, spectacular battle scene, which wasn't necessary. But I tell you this. <laughs> Gal Gadot is not just a, a pretty-looking girl. She can act. She's she knows how to use her face, uh, and she's uh, it was a lot of fun. It was you know a good action movie. I heard there's a bunch of no names in that movie, and the movie still is is really good. Yeah, it's well done. It's a lot of fun. It's you know good night out, and usually after the movie we go out to dinner. Yeah, we went to the restaurant, sat down, and I checked my phone to see if there were any messages. And there was a reminder, Rempy. Ah! <laughs> a remi- you need a reminder? We've been doing this just as long as you guys have been going out on date night, for crying out loud. Well, Greg, I'm getting old. My memory isn't <laughs> what it used to be. <laughs> I understand. Um, all right, Meathead, so I appreciate you uh, coming on as always. And here's the question I want to kick off the second Tuesday of June with, 2017. Yeah. We've had... Many uh, great back and forth, uh, of course, uh, most notably the barbecue and grilling. We've uh, talked about another, a number of other items. So here's the new question that I'm starting to ask everybody that comes on, and I got it from a listener of mine who asked it uh, maybe the week after Andy Husbands and Chris Hart was on, which was a couple weeks ago. And it's this question. Talk to me about how Meathead Goldwyn defines the term pitmaster. Well, isn't that an interesting question? I know. Um, I, I think certain terms are honorifics, meaning that they have to be earned. And I'm going to take an end run here, but it's like the word chef. I'm doing a presentation coming up this weekend. They sent out an announcement, and Chef Meathead Goldwyn is going to. I had to come back and say I'm not a chef. Good for well, you, by no. the way. Good for you. Well, I mean, I, I think a chef is someone who runs a commercial kitchen, possibly a restaurant, or who, who has had professional chef training. Um, now, I've taught at a culinary school where they give, where they train chefs, but I've never t- gotten a degree in culinary arts. Uh, now, I, I, I taught at Cornell's Hotel School. I taught at Le Cordon Bleu, but... I've never, and I've audited plenty of classes, but I don't consider myself a chef. Now, pitmaster, I don't know if you have to have, I don't think you have to run a restaurant to be a pitmaster. I think you have to be a master of the pit. I think you have to be really good at um, uh, barbecue and grilling. You have to really understand how to make great meat 
um, using fire and smoke. That would be, I think, uh, as close as I can get. Well, I think uh, as far as Chef is concerned, because I did bring that, that was actually the the whole question that I had asked Andy and Chris, because Andy Husbands is a classically trained chef, as you right. know, owns his own restaurants. All that. Right, Chris, a very talented one yeah, at that. Chris Hart, obviously a, a world champion pitmaster, yeah. if, if we're yeah. using the term pitmaster. And I said, hey, tell me the difference between chef and pitmaster. So we had our conversation about that. And if you missed it, you can go get the podcast. But my, my contention is this, or, or my assertion is this. Chef is something that you have to earn through uh, going to cooking school, and then you earn the certificate, and now you're called chef. Typically, that would translate into you running a commercial kitchen, or maybe you open your restaurant. But people call you chef in your professional setting. Maybe they call you chef outside of the professional setting, like they say doctor. Like, I can't just call myself doctor. I mean, Ray Lampy does it tongue in cheek, of course, but he doesn't well, think he's a, a doctor and nobody thinks he's a doctor like you would. A, there's a spinoff on that too. Um, there's a lot of contention among people who have PhDs, which is a doctor of philosophy PhD. You get a master's, then you get a PhD. My wife has a PhD. Um, a lot of PhDs are referred to as doctor so-and-so. Yes. But a lot of people say, no, they're not doctors. They are PhD. They're Mary Tortorello, comma, PhD, but not Dr. Tortorello because a doctor is a physician. But you and can say a little contention there, but I think. You can easily delineate doctor and medical doctor. There's MD right. and PhD. So, right. uh, so anyway, um, so that's where I think chef, chef is something that, as you, as you rightfully did, people said chef. Meathead Goldwyn, and you said, no, I'm not a chef, and, and I think that's right, and I think if mm -hmm. somebody was going to allow that title to be placed on them and they weren't, I think that's kind of BS. Um, then there's the term pitmaster. I think we should just wipe that term off right from the American lexicon, if at all possible, because I think I'm it's... Gonna put my business out of, you're going to put me out of business. No, it's, it's, <laughs> you're right. So, or we have to come up with a better name, because I think I think there is a a need or a want to now somehow achieve a level that is undefinable, or we can keep the word and now we have to make uh, definitions or levels of achievement in order to get that uh, phrase pitmaster, which then kind of puts it in that chef category, and then we talk about snobism and all this other stuff, but I, I, I feel no need in the realm of live fire cooking. To have to put this kind of a label out there when we can just be people that cook outdoors on live fire cooking, and some of us are really good, and some of us are kind of okay, and some of us suck, and we're going to try and work and get better at it. But yeah, I, I don't refer know to myself as a cook, not a pit master yes. or a grill master. Is, right, is, is, is the other one. Right. Um, you know, it's funny though. You you watched uh, the Food Network where. Presumably, they know a lot about cooking, <clears throat> and they have these cooking <laughs> contests with amateurs. And the judges say, okay, chef, let me see your souffle. This is a person who's never cooked for anybody but his family or her family, and they're in a cooking contest, or, and they're, they're now they're calling him chef. Um, I think these terms have gotten kind of uh, loosey-goosey. Uh, maybe we need a new word. Uh, maybe we need to not continue to let everybody win at everything. Maybe we can just say, hey, Sorry, you're not this because you didn't do this. 
So even though you want to be called chef or even though I want to call you chef to make you feel better, I don't think we should we should have to do that. I think if it's a rank, like I don't go around calling myself general or lieutenant or sergeant because I'm not in the military. I didn't earn that status. That's what you do when you're a sergeant or a corporal. Uh, you, or are, you are the general of the centralites, and we follow you like your army, and um, I salute you. I'm the grand wizard of the uh, centralites. That's probably, a, that's probably a bad term to use, grand wizard. What's the what's that uh, kook over in uh, North Korea call himself? The ultimate leader or the ultimate the grand leader? Let's um just just so I'm not uh, gonna be called racist. Let's scratch Grand Wizard. Let's do that right off the bat. I'll just go with President and CEO of the Centralites. That's very businesslike. So what have we agreed on with the term pitmaster? Nothing. Nothing. Oh dear. Just wasted five minutes and we've been able to come up with gobbledygook. I think we've started a conversation. Let's say that. Okay. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm going to ask my second hour guest the same question when she comes on and I'll be. Got any barbecue questions? Um, no, that's it. Uh, that's Meathead Goldwood, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. All right. Yes, I have uh, plenty of Facebook questions here uh, that we would love to talk to you about. And the first one is coming from my embedded Texas correspondent, Doug Shiding who is the head cook, let's say head cook, of Rogue Cookers. And he writes in, uh, what does Meathead think about caveman-style cooking directly uh, on the Colts? Yeah, I, I mean, this is really popular, and another one of your regular guests is fond of it and has popularized it. I think it's a bit of um, a parlor trick. Um, oh. for, to, 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 for, to clarify for anybody who's not clear on the subject, there's a popular technique that uh, you take a steak and you get your coals good and hot and maybe you hit them with a hair dryer to blow off some of the uh, fluff and you lay the meat right on the charcoal. And um, then you flip it over and you serve it. And I've done it. Um, and for my money, I would rather put that steak on a thin wire grate a half an inch above the charcoal than on the charcoal. I want radiant heat. I don't want conduction heat from the charcoal. And when I've done it that way, it always gets scars. It, it get, you, you get a burn spot here and a burn, just like if you put your hand on there. You get burn spots on the meat. And dug on it, there often is ash on there, and I'm not fond of the ash. Those burn spots turn to carbon. Um, and I, I just... If I get a, I want the grate as close to the heat as humanly possible. So, like on my Weber kettle, I will often take the charcoal grate and lift it up with bricks. Uh, I've got a spare charcoal grate, um, and sometimes I'll just put one on top of the other, put bricks in there. But I, I want to get. That's one of the reasons I love my PK so much. Um, in fact, you know, we got to practice, Greg, one night off air. Okay. And do a Skype conversation on iPhone, because I thought about this. I'm thinking, okay, if I don't make it home in time tonight, we're going to have to do this Skype on my iPhone. And if we do, and then it dawned on me, Skype on my iPhone, it's still daylight out there. I could take people out and show them my deck and all my toys, and we could talk about the fun toys and yeah. how they work. And I, I've never tried doing a walk-around session like that, so we got to practice that one day and see if we can do it. But in any case, i got a PK grill outside, and... One of the neat things about the PK grill is, is that the charcoal bed is very close to the cooking grate. 
And if you pile that charcoal on high, you can get the charcoal within an inch of the meat. Now you've got really radiant heat. I mean, really condensed, and you can get a great sear. Um, and uh, uh, that's a good technique, especially if you're dealing with things like skirt steak, which are really skinny. And if you want a good dark sear on the outside, you often badly overcook the inside. So if you want a skirt steak or a flank steak to be dark and crunchy on the outside, but you want the center still a little pink or red, it's really hard to do unless you get the charcoal really close. So for me, close is better than on top of the charcoals. Um, I, I think, first of all, the quality of the heat is better. And second of all, I just don't want those scars and burns and ashes. Um, but it is a conversation starter. I, I, I don't know. Alton Brown did it, and I worship the ground Alton Brown walks on. By the way, he refuses to be called a chef either. Uh, um, Stephen Reichlin is a huge fan of caveman cooking as well. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to mention his name. That's I just said another one of your regular guests. I didn't want to. I didn't want to point an arrow at him. Oh. But yeah, he's a fan of it, and he's done it on TV. I'm not. Do you, um, Jason he's also a fan of beer can chicken, yeah. which yeah. I have. Um, I think fairly thoroughly debunked, and he's actually got a little book on the subject. I, I really think very highly of Steve. I, I just disagree with him on a couple of things. Uh, Jason King had mentioned in the chat room while we were talking that when you lay the meat directly over the coals, you're actually snuffing out the hot coals as well because you're not basically, well, at least the top side of the coal, you're not allowing to get oxygen to continue to burn. Yeah, that's an interesting point because the meat's wet. I mean, you're putting like a wet cloth on the on the on the charcoal. Good thinking, Jason. I'm glad all that hard work you've been doing is paying off. He's a smart kid. Yeah, and uh, great on the uh, YouTube's as well. So uh, meathead, yeah. not yeah. necessarily a fan of a uh, caveman style cooking. Let me follow that up. Instead of caveman, have you seen where they're sticking steaks on shovels and putting them over fire pits? Shovel steak shovel cooking. Yeah, you know, as long as you've got a good shovel. I've got a couple of shovels outside I used to pick up dog poop with. I wouldn't use those. I'd want a really good, clean <laughs> shovel. Um, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you've got essentially a frying pan. Yeah. And frying pans are a great technique for searing. Now, um, let's call a spade a spade. Ha, ha, ha. Shovel, shovel. Uh, um, the um, pellet. Smokers. Yeah. I always call them pellet smokers, not pellet grills. Yeah. Because if you you just, it's really really hard to get a good sear on a steak. I agree. People talk about grilling versus barbecue. I prefer to talk about searing versus barbecue um, because I, what I want is I, the sear step is so important. I'm a big fan of reverse sear, as you know. We've talked about it a lot. Um, and uh, uh, with the pellet smokers. It's just really hard to get a good sear on a steak or something. A couple of them come close, but the best way to do it is to get a cast iron pan or a griddle or something really, really hot on that cast uh, on that pellet smoker, and then sear it in the cast iron. Mm -hmm. That's a good sear. So you can still get all that outdoor flavor, that smoke flavor, the, um, uh, the, the flavor you just can't get indoor or in your oven, and still get it a good hot sear. By contact with hot metal, so um, you know. I guess if you're campfire campfire cooking, um, and uh, maybe you forgot to bring the grill grate, um, then maybe a shovel's an alternative. 
but it's you know just like a a, a frying pan, uh, and I'd certainly want to make sure it was clean. And speaking of grill grates, I found recently on um, Amazon a stainless steel grill grate for my Weber kettle, because you know the and the and the PK and all these cheap nickel coated grates, they just get all rusted and everything. It's a good reason to buy the aluminum grill grate, yeah. the brand grill grate. But uh, when I'm trying to get a good sear, I often prefer a thin wire so I can get a lot of radiant heat from down below. And I just got in t yesterday. These uh, really, they look really nice. Stainless steel, uh, great. I think they're about 30 bucks or something, but I'm really looking forward to having those last me a while and not get all rusty. Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show, AmazingRibs.com, his website. Um, I have another question here that... We're going to start, but we only have like a minute. So let me, uh, I'll just phrase it to you, and then you can think about how we're going to answer it when we come back from the break. And it's from a longtime listener of the show, John Clapp. Uh, mind out of the gutter, folks. Uh, pros and cons, both pros and cons, of rapping. So uh, you go ahead and. Stew on I that. I just saw Hamilton, so I know all about rap. Yeah, yo, yo, yo. All right. Um, so, uh, you go ahead and stew on that one real quick. I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk about the Chops Power Injector. We're talking with Meathead Goldwyn as he is on our show every second Tuesday of the month. AmazingRibs.com. Folks, the National Barbecue Association's Barbecue Tool of the Year for 2015 and 2016 and 2017 is the CHOPS Power Injector System. That's right. Each of their CHOPS Power Injector Systems features not one, not two, but four needles evenly spaced and the perfect distance for even injecting. It also comes with three plug screws, so you can use fewer needles and change your spacing to get around bones. It's versatility. The first one to tell you about the half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System designed for competition or to pump up the backyard warrior. Easy to use, clean it, fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It will use it all. It comes with a whole bunch of great stuff, and you pay 100 bucks and you pay shipping. Then you have the one-gallon CHOPS power injector. Designed for catering or bigger jobs, it will hold double the amount of the injection of the half-gallon system. Some use it in competitions, like when you're cooking the Memphis and May event or you're doing 10 shoulders to get that perfect one. This one comes with the same stuff as the half gallon. It's 120 bucks plus you pay the shipping. Then you have the newest one, the CHOPS Full Power Injector System. It's electric, the commercial and competition big daddy, as we call it. It's not only a holding tank this time, but it is a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. And he has said time and time again that with the CHOPS Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. This one comes with a whole bunch of stuff as well. It's 325 bucks plus shipping. A number of the top pit masters in the world use the CPI every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. Here's the deal. We live in a foodie world that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do it and do it fast. It's not just for meat. You can inject alcohol as well into those watermelons or fruits or whatever. Every injector hand-assembled made right there in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. CHOPS Power Injector System gives your barbecue power, and you can visit them at barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. That's 
B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E, barbecuekansascity.com. More with Meathead Goldwyn coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Ready to get on the air. Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. This portion of the show being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Medium size, got one for you as well. Something to take on tailgates or smaller versions, no problem, they got one. Also, the new pizza oven insert. Get that. They can also supply you with pellets to fire those cookers. Check them out at GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. I love my Green Mountain Grill. You can love yours as well if you just visit the website for crying out loud. Come on. All right, we're picking our conversation back up with Meathead Goldwyn, and we're talking about the pros and cons of wrapping Meathead. What did you think about over the break? Well, a couple of things. First of all, oh, no. um, that injector system that you were just talking about, yeah. I've used it. Um, it. Chops, it is impressive. It's the best. Uh, I really do like it. It is. It does everything they say it will do. And, man, if you got more than one brisket to, to, <laughs> to, to pump, you, you can just fly through them. I mean, oh, yeah. Really great for a restaurant, I would think. Um, it, it'll speed up if you're doing two briskets for the competition or one for the backyard. Um, may not be necessary for that, although it'd be great if you have one. But if you've got a restaurant, man, that thing is fantastic. Yep. Um, and also, um, I, 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 you just violated my copyright. Me? I'm the one that called you the LeBron James of barbecue. Yeah, that's why I wrote it down. <laughs> it's just the big voice guy that's, uh, you know, voicing it. The loser. <laughs> Uh, I got no uh, room to talk. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, well, Meathead's late. Maybe he's not going to ask how the Cleveland Cavalier of basket or uh, barbecue yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, geez. You know, they they got it last year. They're at least they're there. Yeah. You know. Well, we 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 did end a drought. It's going to be. It's well Need another body. Unless something changes in the next two years, it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland in the finals. Uh, barring any big injury on either side, I don't know how you could possibly argue that it's not going to be those two teams in the finals, at least for the near future, two, three yeah, years. Yeah, need to pick up another star in free agency, and uh, that'll happen, I'll yeah. bet you. Well, we'll see. I mean, if uh, it doesn't matter. I can't talk about it. So yeah, that, um, It'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, so um, let's talk about the pros and cons of rapping. Well, all right, first of all, we'll t- take it from the overview, and then we'll talk about paper versus uh, foil. <clears throat> The, the it does several things. Um, everybody out there knows about the stall. Um, when you're cooking a brisket or a pork butt, uh, in particular, they chug along. If you're cooking at a lower temp, like 225, maybe 250, they chug along up to about 150, 160, depending on the humidity, and then they hit that temperature and they stop and they stall and they don't get any hotter in the center. If you measure the temperature in the center, now the surface continues to heat up. But what's happening on the surface is moisture is evaporating and it's cooling the meat, just like sweat evaporates when you cut in the lawn. So it cools the meat at the same rate it's heating. Now, if you're cooking at a hotter temp, like 300, 350, 
it plows right through the stall. The um, cooling effect can't keep up with the heating effect of the hot air. So you bust through the stall by either cooking at a higher temp or what you can do is you can wrap the meat in foil or we'll talk about brown or pink paper, whatever, in butcher paper. Um, and what happens is, is that seals in the moisture. And it's really important if you're going to wrap that you wrap tightly because if you leak, if it's got holes in it or big holes, I mean, you can put a thermometer hole, it's not going to kill you. But if it's got a lot of little holes and leaks, then it continues to evaporate and you get to have the stall. Now, what it does is, is it um, uh, traps moisture inside the bag or inside the, pa the foil. And you do have a lot of liquid come out of the meat. I mean, it does purge a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, you don't have to throw in liquid in the uh, foil. A lot of people do. They'll throw beer, wine, cider or something in there. But it's going to start giving up fluid in a hurry. Um, but it keeps the humidity high so it doesn't cool and it plows through the stall. But it also helps tenderize the meat and it helps keep it a little moister. Um, and every cook worth his salt on the competition circuit does wrap. Um, usually with foil, not, 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 not with butcher paper, and uh, it, it makes a difference. Now, how big a difference? I would say 10 20% quality improvement, maybe. Um, for my backyard cooking, I almost never waste aluminum foil. I'm environmentally conscious, I guess. I just don't see the way. For, for my friends, my neighbors, my family... My ribs, my pork butts, my briskets are really good without the wrap. And one of the things that happens when you wrap is that you really soften the surface. Mm -hmm. What happens when you don't wrap is that surface dries out. And when it dries out, then you bust through the stall because it's no longer evaporating from the surface and cooling. And what essentially is happening is you're making what they call bark. And that bark is a form of um, uh, jerky. Yeah, it's it, it's dried meat on the surface, and a lot of people really like that bark, especially for things like pulled pork. When you do a pulled pork and you've got a nice rub and a little sugar on the rub, a lot of flavor, and you've got this big hunk of pork, your rub doesn't get down into the center. Um, salt might, but uh, the rub doesn't get down in the center. So what happens is when you shred that pork that surface area that's become bark, barky, that's like jerky, you mix that in. So you're putting the flavor down in there. So, I mean, frankly, I, I prefer my pulled pork unwrapped, but it does keep moisture. It does keep it tender. And if you're going to compete, you just almost always have to do that. And many, many com competition cooks wrap ribs, too. Um, again, I don't bother. Uh, now you can you can do you can have a similar effect by spritzing frequently. Spritzing frequently keeps the puts moisture back on the surface. It's not the same as wrapping, but it does keep moisture on the surface. The problem here is is that you're softening the bark, so you really have to decide: Do you want a good crispy, crunchy bark, or do you want really tender and really juicy? And let's not forget if you're doing a KCBS judging. They score you on tenderness, um, and uh, um, uh, you. I think you talk to Darren Warth occasionally. Darren, I think, is the hottest cook on the circuit. 
I saw Darren recently at a competition. We were talking, and he just looked at me and said, it's all about tenderness. Yep. It's all about tenderness. You know, I mean, appearance and all that. It, it's important, but tenderness. It's all about tenderness. So wrapping does help tenderness. The problem is is, is you got to learn how much. Now, there's a very popular method on the Internet called 321 three, uh, for ribs. Three hours outside, two hours in the wrap, one hour back out to firm up the bark. I think two hours is just way too way, long in foil. Way too long. Way too long in foil. But it's really hard to convince people who've read about it, and it's so easy to remember. <laughs> uh, but I think you're, you're, you're on the verge of steaming them and turning them into mush. Now, the other, the, the other part of the question is, is wrapping in um, butcher paper. Yeah. Um, and that, that's an interesting question. Butcher paper is paper. It's not as... Um, it, 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 moisture can still penetrate. Although a lot of fat comes off and it lines the interior of the butcher paper with fat, so it's 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 almost like a wax paper. But it, you do get some moisture transpiration. Um, there's a very famous video out there. If you haven't seen it, it's fun to watch with um, Aaron Franklin, uh, the great barbecue chef uh, from Austin, and John Marcus, who's uh, the guy who created the Barbecue Pitmasters show and also a regular guest on this. Uh, uh, show here, and uh, they both do a uh, a, a, a taste off of wrapped in foil versus um, a brown paper. And I think there's a third one, yeah. isn't there? No wrap, um, no wrap. And you know, I often don't wrap because I love that hard, crunchy bark. Um, uh, and uh, I think they slightly preferred the butcher paper, which doesn't surprise me because that's what Aaron Franklin does at his restaurant. He wraps in butcher paper. I think everybody's got to just find out for themselves. I get I get emails asking or questions on the website. What should I do? Try it yourself. Experiment. See what you like better. Um, but yes, wrapping definitely beats the stall, tenderizes and maintains some juiciness, but it kills your bark. What about when you're wrapping in foil? I've had people say. Wrap in foil, but then I've had other people tell me, especially with brisket, when you wrap it, you wrap it as tight as possible, no air gaps. We're not talking about holes now. We're talking like no air gaps at all because you don't want it to steam. You just want it to be in the foil. Yeah, I think that's that, that's important. Not only that, but if you have air gaps, the, the moisture will escape, and so now you have the cooling effect, and you will hit the stall. So you do, you want to crimp all that foil up nice and nice and tight um, and uh, uh, try to keep the air gap as minimal as possible. All right, here's the next question from Chad Warner. We got about four minutes, and he says, has, has he, have you ever used baking soda as a meat tenderizer? If so, what are your thoughts? Um, no, um, not so much as a tenderizer. Um what baking soda can do is it can lower the pH of, or the uh, it can alter the pH of the surface of the meat. That can assist with cr crispiness and browning, and um, it's something to play with. You got to be very careful because you use too much, you get a metallic flavor. Mm. Uh, but uh, it doesn't affect tenderness, and um, not that I've ever noticed, nor have I heard of anybody um, prescribe it as a tenderizer. 
if you're going to tenderize, there are meat tenderizers out there, which are enzymes. And these enzymes do tenderize somewhat. But um, Adolph's meat tenderizer, the most particular uh, famous. You can also use um, uh, fresh pineapple juice. Canned pineapple juice won't work. Um, uh, and uh, um, uh, papaya uh, juice uh, will work. But um, um, baking soda or baking powder um, can be used to alter the, the acidity of the surface and alter the color and the crispiness of the surface. And um, Kenji Lopez-Alt over at Serious Eats has done some really interesting experiments with this, particularly regarding chicken wings. And uh, you might want to wander over to Serious Eats and uh, look at what he, he's doing with uh, chicken wings over there. All right, we'll check that out. Uh, another question is coming from Steve, oh boy, Kwasiborski. Let's say Kwasiborski. I might be saying that completely incorrect. Uh, any point in buying Wagyu or other premium ground beef? No. Oh, no. Get that weak stuff out of here. It's right off the car. You tell him. One of the real reasons to buy, there, there are two major reasons to buy Wagyu. It has more marbling, then therefore more fat, and therefore more flavor. Now, the fat in Wagyu is a little different than the fat in other meat, but it's not a huge difference. The other difference is, is it can be more tender. But if you're grinding beef, it's pre-chewed. It's tender. You, you know, I mean, somebody's already chewed it up for you. Um, so there's, you're not worried about tenderness, and you want at least 80-20 or 70-30. That is to say 80% lean, 20% fat, or 70% lean, 30% fat to get the maximum flavor and juiciness out of a burger because burgers get a lot of their juiciness not from water but from fat, and that's where flavor is. And... Um, um, so you're, I, 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 no, and, and you go to restaurants and they're selling Wagyu uh -huh. or Kobe burgers, and it's not Kobe, I promise you. If you see Kobe on a menu, <laughs> run. I mean, they're lying. <laughs> yep. it, 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 it's just flat out a lie. Now, maybe if it's a really high-end restaurant in Manhattan or Vegas yeah. with a three-star rating or something like that, they do have Kobe. They and the burger is $150. Yeah, I mean, no. But, but if they're getting real uh, Kobe from Japan, they're not grinding it in a burger. No. And ask them to see the I documentation mean, for crying out loud. It's got to be documented. No, I mean, the, the chef wouldn't permit it. I mean, that's like, you know, ordering a Wagyu steak well done. I mean, that would just mm -hmm. be a terrible waste. Yeah, all right. Um, okay, we got time for one more. And this is coming from uh, Eugene. He's one of our uh, good listeners hey, here. Eugene, I know Gene. That's right. Uh, I just read the article on using mayonnaise for grilling. Maybe you could shed a little bit more light on that topic. Mayonnaise uh, for grilling. I, 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 I love Gene. I see him in the in your... In, in your uh, 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 oh, he's in the chat room tonight. That's right. All, yep. all the time. Um, and I, I got a feeling that's a setup because just this week... Uh -oh. The L.A. Times ran an article on using mayonnaise um, on a, in, in cooking, and they interviewed me at length for this article, and also uh, Professor Blonder. Uh, so, uh, yeah, mayonnaise is really interesting stuff. 
it's mostly oil with a little vinegar. You can throw some lemon juice, but it's oil and acid. Mm -hmm. It's and 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 it's it's whooped until it becomes an emulsion. And you often there's a little mustard in there to help it emulsify. Um, you can throw some other goodies in there. I remember you and I did a uh, a mayonnaise tasting. Cupy, uh, remember we? Uh, oh yes. We got Cupy, do you still have any Cupy oh. around? Uh, I don't have any on me right now, but usually it's in my in my pantry. I love it. You keep it? Oh yeah. It's a regular. Okay. Yeah, I love um, it. I, I I'm pretty much a Hellman's or a Duke's guy, um, but in any case, um, mayonnaise is if you put it on something like um, fish, it's really good on fish. Um, what happens if you put oil on the? First of all, okay, that famous guest of yours um, uh, that I tried to let go nameless often talks about oiling the grates <laughs> to keep food from sticking. Well, when you do, you put oil on the grates. The grates are really hot. The oil changes its composition right away. It becomes a bit of a polymer. Um, it cracks. It smokes and it burns. Um, I prefer to put the oil on the food, which is cool. And it won't stick. Uh, it's, uh, I think, better at non-sticking that way. But it still melts and drips off really fast. But mayonnaise sticks, and it sticks well. And it doesn't add a lot of flavor. It's a very small amount of flavor. Most people can't taste it. Um, and it sticks well. It really helps keep fish from sticking to the grill grates. It's a real... I, I was taught this by a, a chef at a local fish restaurant. And... Um, I've played with it on a bunch of stuff. On um, I, I took some um, some potato slices and sprinkled my Memphis dust, my pork rub on it, yep. and then slathered it with mayonnaise and threw it on a grill topper, and I got this really great golden crust. They were crunchy, like French. You know, when you buy French fries and they've been coated. A lot of French fries are coated. Um, uh, with a baking soda or a baking powder or uh, flour or something. Yep. Uh, you got, got a great crust. It really browns nicely. It, it, it creates a crust. It helps prevent sticking. And, uh, you know, by God, I've even used it on steaks occasionally. It's, it, it's really fun to play with. Um, it does help prevent sticking, and um, uh, it's a good glue. People talk about using mustard to help hold on their spice rubs and stuff. Um, it's a fun thing to play with, and I'm fond of it. And uh, if you want to read more about it, it appeared last week in the L.A. Times. Just go to the L.A. Times website and Google it. Either that or just drop me an email, meatheadatamazingribs.com, and I'll send you a link to it. All right. It's uh, Meathead Goldwyn from, as he had just mentioned, amazingribs.com. You find him here the second Tuesday of every month. Meathead, appreciate the sprint back to get on the air tonight. Oh. Uh, Always appreciate the conversation. I was, sweating, I was thinking, oh, and I know what happens. If I'm late, you are going to chew my butt out on air. You know I'm. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. You know I am. All of our friendship That's over right. all these years no. will go right down the tube. That's right. We have no loyalty. I will napalm you very quickly, no uh, doubt about it. Uh, uh, Meathead, uh, we will see you again in July, and we'll get together off air to test the outside stuff, and maybe we can do that next time. Uh, so long, Central. It's right. always good to be with you. There he is. Meathead Goldwood, everybody. That's right. Gotta love Meathead. We ran a little long with him, but always worth the conversation. All guests the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. All right, now let's hopefully uh, make sure we get through this before the uh, top of the hour flips over. Uh, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. They made a name for themselves, both the award-winning line of championship rubs, 
that have won almost every major barbecue competition, period. They've also banded together with fellow California-based rub company Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form what is now known as the West Coast Offense. Defying conventional wisdom, these two California-based rub makers have cornered the market on competitive barbecue and begun to redefine the flavor profiles that competitive cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They've even created two of their own unique competitions, King of the Smoker and the Guinea Pig event. Now, the Guinea Pig is a cost-controlled competition that helps bring in newcomers to the competitive barbecue world. It also features prize distribution all the way down to 10th place in each category, which helps provide incentive to get new competitors into the world of barbecue. On top of all of that, Big Papa has created a unique brand ambassador program called the BPS Elite Team, featuring 15 of the best competition teams in the country working together to promote camaraderie, competition barbecue, and to benefit children's charities across the U.S. Keep in mind that Big Papa Smokers has been able to do all of this within only four years of being in business, which is actually more like six years, I guess. Turning the competition barbecue world on its head, creating their own unique competitions, becoming a staple of a nationwide restaurant chain, which is BJ's Restaurant and Brew House. I just ate there last night. And most importantly, benefiting children's charities across the U.S., continuing to be just the beginning for Big Papa Smokers. And that website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. We wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by cookingpellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets to fire all your pellet-driven cookers. You can purchase at cookingpellets.com or on amazon.com as well. Download the free app from cookingpellets.com. Be alerted to cheap shipping prices when that happens. So thanks to Chris Becker and everybody over at cookingpellets.com. Scott Shimano weighing in 40 plus minute Skype with, uh, sorry, 40 plus minute Skype segment, one off without a hitch. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> I get it. Everybody wants a train wreck. Just blame me. Everybody else does. Write me complaining emails about how a 40 minute Skype segment, one off without a hitch. <laughs> I'll get those over that. You know I will. Second hour still to come. Thanks again to Meathead Goldwyn. Again, his website, AmazingRibs.com. You find him here every Tuesday. I'm sorry, the uh, every second Tuesday of each month. And if you're just tuning in now and you missed his two segments plus of great barbecue and grilling knowledge, we uh, bantered back and forth on the definition of pitmaster. We got exactly zero accomplished in that. But we have started a conversation about... If that's a term we need to change or add to or detract from or throw out, whatever. Anyway, I'm going to refresh my water. I suggest you do the same as we load in for the second hour. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how you want? <laughs> you have a great show of a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome into the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We do it here live from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am the aforementioned Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you want to get in touch with the show, we have an open segment coming up after Jess Pryles, who is uh, still yet to come on the show tonight at 1014. You can do so by using these two bits of contact information. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Don't forget, if you miss this show, you can subscribe by going to iTunes or Google Music or however you get your podcast episodes otherwise. And uh, subscribe to the show. You'll never miss a segment if you come in late on the live show or maybe you just have always heard about the live show or maybe you just watch on YouTube. I would uh, appreciate the subscribe up or the sub up over at iTunes or on uh, Google Music or however you get your other podcasts if you haven't subscribed to me already. Trying to make a press, if at all possible, for 10,000 downloads an episode. I have uh, breaking news. I a Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Uh, I am here to tell you right now that uh, over the last two and three months, this show has been recording record number of downloads both on a per show basis and as a month over month basis we are currently on track to do the most ever downloads in one month but from a week to week episode run right now this show this show that will be released tomorrow Wednesday or perhaps a better explanation or example would be uh, on uh, June 6th show which was last tuesday already has already has this is one show by itself over two thousand downloads two thousand if i might be able to put that in perspective when you look at all of the podcasts all of the podcasts take the very most popular podcast that you've ever heard of adam carolla joe rogan Mark Marin, all that stuff. Adam Curry started it back in the day. All of these podcasts. And then everything else that you've never heard of. 
there are literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of podcasts out there covering every possible thing ever. The average on from release to two months out is 350 downloads. That's 95% of all podcasts out there in the industry today receive 350 downloads from release and then going out two months in one week. One week. This show, 2,000 downloads. Which, if I'm not mistaken, puts this Barbecue Central show audio-only podcast, and obviously it is available to consume on YouTube and Outdoor Cooking Channel and all the Facebook Live. Just the audio only is in the top 5% of all podcasts. All podcasts. I'm up there with the highest levels. Now, am I making as much money as they are? No. Of course not. But from a numbers standpoint, I bar you to find... Well, I know there's no other barbecue or grilling podcast out there that's pulling my kind of numbers. And the my numbers are verified. I use a service called Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, which is like the industry standard. It's the uh, Deloitte & Touche. Is that right? Deloitte & Touche? The accounting firm or whoever, Ernst & Young of barbecue statistical reporting. And I subscribe and pay for it and all that other stuff. So just so you know where we're at, uh, the target market is rich for barbecue and grilling folks. And uh, we're going to be well on our way to over probably 20 some thousand downloads uh, on this show just for the month of June. We're tracking huge right now. So I appreciate everybody that has subbed up and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, Email uh, again from John Dawson Remps. Just as I do with his contention, his being Meathead, with his contention that resting is pointless, I think that Meathead is flat wrong about ground Wagyu. I made burgers for the ladies last week using Snake River Farms ground Wagyu, and they couldn't say enough good things about them. It made a serious difference. Now we got a tussle. John Dawson, of course, of Patio Daddio Barbecue fame. And uh, Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. Point, counterpoint. I would suppose that the best thing to do would be buy your grocery store ground beef 8020, buy the Wagyu ground beef from Snake River Farms, make burgers and have at it. Let me tell you who's right. Your palate's right. The National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club rolled into Harrisburg, Pennsylvania this past weekend. It was a local qualifier that sends the top 16 to the Commonwealth of Richmond, Virginia on the regional final. That takes place August 26th, and those teams are in particular order, as I say each and every week, taking grand champion with a 686.8 Pagan Whiskey. Here we go. Here we go. Reserve Grand Champion Wolf's Revenge Barbecue with a 685.0. Third place, Low and Slow Barbecue with a 680.5. Fourth place, Good Smoke Barbecue with a 675.3. Hey, looky here, coming in at number five, Barbecue Bob Trudnack and the Barbecue Guru moving on to the regional final in Richmond, Virginia. 
And rounding out the top six, checkered flag 500 barbecue with a 673.6. So uh, just over a point, almost two points on the win between Pig and Whiskey and Wolf's Revenge Barbecue. And between one and six, there was about a 13-point discrepancy. So pretty big spread between one and three, although uh, four and five, uh, less than a point. So close there, but kind of spread out otherwise. The next National Pro Barbecue Tour event will take place this coming weekend in, I believe it's pronounced Alfreda, Georgia. So good luck to everyone competing at that one. Got another email from a listener, Matthew DeVoe in Worcester, Massachusetts. Shout out from the Worcester District Probation Department in Worcester, Mass. We're new to barbecue. We love your show for product tips and insight. Thank you, Matthew DeVoe, Assistant Chief Probation Officer. That's right. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate you listening. Shout out to all my people in Worcester. How do you like them apples? Bah! That's good, right? That's right on. Also, I do want to send out congratulations, congrats, congratulations to some teams that won their seventh grand championship this past weekend in the allotted auto qualifier for the Jack Daniels this year, which is 2017. A frequent guest on this show and the head cook over on Clark Crew Barbecue, Travis Clark, is in, notching his seventh. Brad Leininger at Getting Basted is in, notching his seventh. And longtime sponsor of this show, the creator of King of the Smoker and the Guinea Pig Competition and all that other stuff, uh, Sterling Ball and James the Flame from Big Papa Smokers are in, notching their seventh as well. So look at you guys. You're doing it all out there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, I really appreciate the fact that listeners will take one second to write in the show and let me know that they're listening or how they got turned on by the show or how they tuned into the show the first time or how why they wanted to find it. Was it word of mouth? Was it from another central line? But anybody that takes time out with me and uh, or takes time out to write me, I certainly appreciate and I'll include it in a live show, just like I've done uh, two times tonight, if they're worthy. I mean, sometimes it's pretty vulgar and insulting. And my ego is very fragile. So what can I tell you? Uh, John Dawson again weighing in the Rush Limbaugh of barbecue. You're right. I can't argue with that, the Rush Limbaugh. I, I, am, I am also on the EIB network, but I am the excellence in barbecue, the uh, professor of advanced barbecue studies at the barbecue central college for advanced barbecue studies whatever hey let me talk to you quickly about the longest running sponsor of the show the barbecue guru if you've been thinking about automatic pit temperature control devices they got one or two or three or four or brand new products that you can choose from if you're not familiar with how automatic pit temperature control devices work let me break it down to you briefly. So here's a product that allows you to set your pit temperature and once set, keeps it running right at that temperature all the way through the cook. Because maybe you're a busy working professional or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids and you're doing errands. You don't have the time to set around and tend pit temperatures. I get it. The Barbecue Guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket 
or a couple slabs of ribs, and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done. And the barbecue guru maintains that temperature you set it at. I don't know if I'm allowed. I mean, I, I think I'm allowed, right? The CyberQ Cloud is out now. This one is, is going to be, again, like the CyberQ Wi-Fi changed the game for automatic pit temperature control devices before everything else. The CyberQ Cloud is about ready to change the groundwork and the framework, the landscape of automatic pit temperature control devices yet again. If you're in the market for a cooker, they obviously have the shotgun cooker, but they're coming out with new different styles of cookers. I believe they have a new Kamado style, the monolith. You got to head over to the uh, to the Barbecue Guru's website. It's bbqguru.com. Check out all the products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly, 800-288-GURU. They make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. If you have any questions, call in and ask. Don't guess, please. Don't guess. Again, the number is 800-288-GURU, or you can visit the... I'm sorry, or you can visit bbqguru.com. Don't put the, that broke. bbqguru.com is uh, where you want to go. Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Jess Pryles coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Unknown Smoker Accessories, purveyors of made in the USA stainless steel barbecue and smoker lid hinges, barbecue accessory hangers, rocket hot chimney grillers, heavy-duty aluminum foil dispensers, the fine products from Unknown Smoker Accessories. Keep your gear where it needs to be, at arm's length and ready for battle. By the way, the rocket hot chimney griller is also available for sale at BigPapaSmokers.com. Showing partnership doesn't always have to mean competition. Just get together, you like your products, and you work it out. Of course, you can still buy all of the Unknown Smoker accessories at unknownbbq.com slash shop. That's unknownbbq.com slash shop. All right, my first guest in the second hour, a writer, a cook, TV host, professional hardcore carnivore, as we like to call her. Let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show. Jess Pryles joining me here. Jess, how are you? How you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous. Jess, appreciate you making time for the show, as always. A lot of different things to kind of hit on here during our time this evening, so let's just go ahead and jump right into it. I had so noticed... Much to talk about. I know. So, so <laughs> like, I'm a huge fan, and if you uh, came to my house and look out on my back uh, patio, as it were, it is... 
uh, some would say littered, I say nicely decorated with any number of various pits and grills and all of this other stuff. So I don't know if you uh-huh. uh, necessarily have the same affliction as collecting, but I know that you are kind of unveiling this whole new uh, like cooker deal that you're involved with, with, is it uh, pits and spits? Yeah, so I also have a, luckily, thanks to my OCD, I've corralled all my cooking <laughs> units into a lovely little outdoor area. And the ones that didn't fit are kind of like the sad kids that are off to the side of the house now. But uh, uh, I recently launched my own signature offset smoker with Pits and Spits, who are a company based out of Houston. All their stuff is made in Texas, handmade. Um, and they've been in business for over 40 years. And actually, I have to say, what I really like about them is, that, you know, they're really cool in terms of letting me, I work with them to design this pit, but they also understand that I do need to use other units as well. So, you know, I have a PK360 out there, I have a pit barrel that I use and one of the ceramic units. And you would know for sure, it's not just a matter of collecting these things for the sake of lawn ornaments. (laughs) Um, you do generally find that there is a, you will have a go-to pit for different things. So they were, they were really cool about, about that happening. But basically I went to Ryan and I said to him, listen, dude, there's a couple of things that I'd love to do. You know, I, I have one of their cookers. I had one of their cookers already that they'd given me and look at, it, it'd be really cool to do this and this. And he goes, well, you know, if you want those changes, there's a really good chance that a whole lot of other folks will want those changes too. So why don't we just make you a signature uh, pit. So that's how it all happened. All right. So talk to me about the pit. I mean, it's best picture that you can paint uh, versus audio and, and all that stuff. But like, what are some <laughs> of the, what are some of the things that you thought, Hey, uh, here's a pit that I have and it works really good. But if it did this, or I could add that or, or you know, put the, the just prial spin on it to make it a little bit better. Uh, what are those things? Sure. Well, the first thing you'll notice, which has nothing to do with me, but just to paint you the picture, most of the pits and spits actually are actually stainless steel roll-top, roll so they look a little fancier, I guess, than uh, the all-black pits. But, um, you know, the only thing I changed about the actual cooking facility was to double the size of the firebox. So it's a 24-inch firebox on a 48-inch chamber, and that is just because the the bigger your firebox, the more your control. You can bring the fire forward, back. You know, you also don't have to mess around if you get giant pieces of wood, which sometimes happens. And I personally don't yet have a hydraulic wood splitter in the backyard. Um, so that's the only thing I changed to the to the core function of the cooking unit because they have been around for so long. So I wasn't trying to mess with their their systems. Um, but the other features that are added are all functional features that as a cook, you, you know, I've had a lot of great feedback of people going, Oh my God, that's really smart. That's really good. So I extended the front shelf so that you can put a tray down on it now without it being wobbly and having to hold with one hand <laughs> while you open it. Um, I built a dry storage lockable box onto the bottom of the unit. So you've got a place now to put your, uh, your mitts and your, your, thermometers and your foil and stuff like that, because all of us use extra pieces when we cook on a pit, but it's rare that you'll have, um, not, you know, not everyone will have a a storage facility out there. So now it's inbuilt to the pit. And then I extended two feet of, um, prep space onto the end. So you've actually got a prep table so it can be completely standalone. Again, if you don't have that outdoor facility 
and I put a paper towel, uh, sorry, paper holder. It's either peach paper or foil. So if you're wrapping a brisket or you're wrapping ribs, one of the most annoying things, you know, mm-hmm. is how do you get that paper efficiently off the roll? And this just allows you to come up and over onto that prep table and go, go, go. So there's a couple other things as well, but mainly it's a collection of the small thoughtful details. There's also a, a grill on the uh, on the firebox too, just for versatility and stuff like that. Forty eight inch cooking chamber. Yeah, it's available in the yeah. thirty six as well, but okay. you know, it's Texas, everything's bigger. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, talk to me about your method of going from no fire to initial fire, and then fire maintenance during the cook. I always start. I just line a chimney of coal. Um, because that, that's the easiest thing. If I, I actually don't have one of those big propane burners, and I probably need that. If I had that, I would probably use that. But I light a chimney of coals, I dump it into the, into the firebox, and I start with um, two or three good-sized logs to get that fire kicking um, and to maintain that ash bed. And then after that, um, gets it rolling and heats it up. And, you know, it'd probably be two in the summer, maybe three in the winter, just, again, accounting for that Texas heat, accounting for that ambient temperature. And then it's probably one every 45 minutes or so. That's the beauty of it. Did you say that your that the fire grate was up higher in the in the firebox than you would normally find? Right. So this was a cool feature. It it's actually it has two levels. So if you're smoking the fire the fire grate sits on the bottom level like like a normal firebox. Mm. But if you're grilling as as we know, you know, especially if you're searing, you need that proximity to the coals. So there's a bracket that allows you to move the fire grate up another level specifically for grilling. Um, so it is a fully functional grilling unit as well, rather than just, um, you know, a, a, a added bonus. All right. So talk to me about price point on the 48 inch and like production time or like how you order the Jess Pryles uh, pit. It's all through pits and spits basically all managed by them. I just work with them. Um, every one of them is individually numbered and comes with a time nameplate and in fact, a t-shirt too. Um, they are, there's a introductory rate until the end of the month, but I know they'll go back up. It's uh three triple nine for the 48 inch. And I think just under three, six for the 36. Uh, and the thing is, the thing is this, you know, I got a lot of uh, feedback that it's a more expensive pit and, and it is, but uh, it, it's a solid unit. It's handmade with, you know, American labor and uh, extremely high quality materials. And, you, and that's something that you pay for. But that's, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with this company and they produce an extraordinary piece of equipment. And, and that's, I guess, what you pay for, for a luxury item. I would imagine that being in the position that you're in, your name's on it. It's your brand. It's your kind of reputation, if you will. So you don't want to just throw your name up on something that might be a POS and everybody's going to talk shit about it on the internet. Uh, you know what? I don't know if you actually saw the comment. It's like you're reading my mind here. <laughs> but one guy, when I came out with it, are you reading my mind right now? When I came out with it, he's like, uh, I really, really would, would like to see your name on something like Martha Stewart, you know, available in Walmart or, or <laughs> where, wherever. And I go, so you would rather I put my name on a POS made in China that is easily accessible to everyone and generally disappointing. No offense, I own Martha Stewart products, and I'm not saying that about her stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 
you know, I, I guess that was the point. It's like I, I'm proud of everything that I do, you know, be it my photography or my cooking and the things that I get involved with. And I'm very picky about who I work with. And this is just an extension of that. And, and I hope that people can appreciate that I take the time to make sure that, uh, you know, I never sell out, I guess. Jess Pryles joining me here on the show, the website JessPryles.com. Also, uh, same on the uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagrams, all that stuff. Um, last time you were on, Jess, you had just released the Hardcore Carnivore Red Rub. Obviously, the Black Rub has been out for a while as well. Uh, talk to me about rub sales, uh, how you're finding them, and are there any other potential new products in the hopper? It's got, well, you know, I'm feeling like immense pressure right now in the R&D department because um, Red's going really well. A lot of comp teams are using it. Um, uh, Fat Boys Barbecue and Temple are sponsored, and they're high on the KCBS leaderboard at the moment um, because it, it's doing quite well in the comp world. But the black is, just, it's, you know, I'm so lucky that it's such an extraordinary, unique uh, item that kind of, honestly, nearly everyone that tries it is like, oh my gosh, it's my favorite thing to put on steak. So, wow, I've never had anything like this before. And there is a lot of pressure to come up. Like, I don't want to just keep releasing rubs for the sake of it. I want to make sure that it's something that has a purpose and a use. So I'm kind of uh, raking myself over the coals right now, excuse the pun, uh, to make sure that whatever is the next release is something that is thoughtful and useful and has a place. And it's not, it's not just another, just another rub, I suppose. But I did release these cool little um, enamel pins in like a tomahawk steak and a, and a shape of a cow and stuff like that. So that was one thing that I thought, Oh my gosh, will these work? Won't they? But people have been loving them. I, you see a lot of folks are walking around Memphis and May with their little steak pin. So that was a pretty cute little thing <laughs> to add to the range. From the rub perspective, and you talk about feeling that pressure and, and you're hearing it about, hey, come out with something else. And, you know, I've said on this show probably for the last two or three years, if you would have went into a grocery store 10 years ago, you would have saw your standard crappy barbecue sauces and rubs that you've always seen forever and ever and ever. Now you go into the grocery store and at least my giant eagle up here has a whole aisle of barbecue sauces and rubs and marinades, a whole barbecue and, and grilling aisle that was never there before uh, for as long as I was growing up. So to me, that means everybody's in the sauce game. Everybody's in the rub game. Could there be a dilution of talent in the proverbial rub and sauce pool? So from your aspect, are you constantly having that struggle with yourself of saying, hey, maybe I do have something that could be like that potential game changer, but is there too much static or too much noise for me to, to go in? And, and, and how are you also trying to leverage your name to maybe give yourself a bump up from all that other stuff that's out there? I think that's actually an awesome question. And, you know, I would never be scared to go into the market if the product's legitimate. I think if I had just another something, like if I were just to create, you know, oh, well, I should probably have a fajita something or a Tex-Mex <laughs> something, or I should have, you know, what's the next logical step? I think that's the time where you, where you should be scared to enter a very busy market. And I definitely think, you know, maybe the spice rubs, the new cupcakes, I don't know, <laughs> you know, that maybe we're in the middle of a bubble right now. I think that pantries are only so large and, mm. and the extensive collection that people are accruing is going to be finite, but that the really good product will last. So I don't have an issue at all, you know, if I hit on that next thing that I'm extremely positive about and comfortable with, I'll put it out no matter what. Um, and you know what, it all feeds into what I was saying just earlier, which is I'm so cautious about what I cook, 
the brands I choose to work with, the quality that I choose to work with, um, that I feel like that, and I feel like the Hardcore Carnivore name as well has garnered a lot of trust and respect because it's a, it's a great product, which I'm extremely proud of. So that alone has put me in a pretty great platform for the next release, which is also why I don't want to be frivolous with it, because I do think that there is a lot out there and that the second that you disappoint um, people's expectations, uh, you've let yourself down and ruined that platform. Jess Pryles joining me here on the show. Uh, just kind of a awkward segue, but I've seen recipes for you regarding uh, beef cheeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna, and I forgot to say, Greg. Maybe my next, you know, maybe it should be a, a horse rub next. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's exactly what I'm talking. I mean, I don't know. It's like I don't want to encourage that because to come out with a horse rub might be a little premature given the fact that it's 100% <laughs> illegal right now, but I'm not totally against it. It's, it's not in Australia, so maybe I'll oh, release it there. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God, I think we're going to go left turn here. So it's, it's, completely <laughs> Ill- it's completely legal to consume horse in Australia. Okay, before you uh, give that, that blanket statement to me, allow me to say this. <laughs> The last time that I looked into it, which was about two years ago, because yeah. that's when I left, uh, there was a butchery in Western Australia who was legally processing horse meat. But, I mean, like, to your knowledge, it's not, there, there's no government regulations against it. I don't believe so, no. Okay. Because have there's you, no, yeah, no, I don't believe so. Have you ever had it? I have, yeah, in, in France. It's, like, perfectly fine. It is weird. It's weird. You know, there's a, the, the there's a little bit weird because there's this majestic creature kind of like I'm not wild on frog's legs because it tastes like chicken and all I'm doing is sitting there thinking I'm eating frog, I'm eating frog. But <laughs> I think that's just <laughs> in your own in your own head, you know, like why should we look at horses any different than we look at cattle? Maybe because one's majestic and one's a big, you know, farting machine. I'm not sure. We'll see. <laughs> uh, all right. I don't want to get lost on the, the horse because, you know, I could talk about it for hours on end. But let me ask you this question uh with like the the four minutes that we have left, and uh, if we have some other time, I can ask you something else. But I asked Meathead Goldwyn earlier in the first hour, and I've asked uh, subsequent guests in earlier weeks. So let me ask you, what does the term pitmaster mean to you, or, or how would you define pitmaster if somebody asked you to? I think the definition is different from how we use it colloquially now. So to me, a pitmaster, to me, what I wish a pitmaster would be is the same as you know, the title of head chef um, or even breaking down chef titles within a kitchen, which is you can't really call yourself a chef, which is why you'll never see me do it until you've been to culinary school and earned that title and, yep. and paid your dues, Agreed. Uh, which is why I call myself a cook. I believe that pitmasters should be the same thing, I don't, you know, and it should be uh, a minimum number of hours at a pit, not electric, <laughs> Um, you know, at an offset pit, a minimum number of, co- of, ex- of hours of cooking experience, which led you to be sort of a pit boss and maybe then pit master is the next level above that. However, you know, you, I go to events and it's like, oh, it's the pit master panel and you're on it. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, you know, I'm not going to correct those people into their terminology, but it's just become the easiest. It's, it's unfortunate that we've, use that term uh, to basically define people who barbecue because of the word master. So it would be better if we just said pit cook. Yeah, pit cook, 
and yeah, and then you work up, you know, pick cook, and then maybe you work up to pit boss, and then maybe after you've clocked X amount of hours and colossal amount of respect for people, you get pit master. Would it be easier if we could somehow just annihilate the word from the American lexicon and just never have heard it? Uh, let me let no, me let me clarify. Think- let me clarify just for a second because uh, I mean I, I'm more along in the lines in your camp. However, now we have to start. So, how many hours is it, and and you know how many cooks do you have to get into it, and what? Uh, achievements in the cook do you have to hit in order to, to go to the next level? So you can see where it becomes bogged down and it becomes more of, but to your point, you know, that's what you have to do in order to go through culinary school as well. You have to garner these uh, achievements in order to get that chef title. So, uh, you know, is it easier just well, to remove that. the word versus having to define everything? Yeah, I mean, you say that, but then there are people who just title themselves as chefs. Yes, but they're, but they're douchebags. They're douchebags. Well, isn't it the same thing? Like if you're if you're if you grill in your backyard and have like 300 people following you on Instagram and you call yourself pit master <laughs> or yeah. grill master, you're, you're a douche. And all, you know, it's so tough. it's self-serving prophecy. Uh, and you know what? That's it. It's one of the you know I think it's too far down the track now. Like in a perfect world, it would be great if that's what it meant. But I accept that you know the masses have appropriated it now and that's fine. Just keep my head down and, you know, actually cook. So what do you, what are you up to next? Oh gosh, what am I doing? I'm going to Metallica tomorrow night. Which I'm pretty really? About. Oh my, <laughs> I'm, that was the, that was my first concert ever. Really? Yes. Yeah. They're playing, they're playing Texas at the moment. Oh wow. Um, I'm actually speaking in college station next week at the American meat science associations reciprocal meat conference, which I'm very excited about. And, Going to cook in Brazil later in the year, and St. Louis, and uh, my, you know, going back to Australia to be at uh, Barbecue Wars in Port Macquarie in September. So a bunch of stuff coming up. Super exciting. Oh, and classes and gosh, everything. Well, it sounds like it's uh, a never-ending barbecue ride for uh, Jess Priles, and you can check her out on the web, JessPriles.com, or follow them on social media. At Jess Priles, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Jess, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Talk to you soon. All right. There she is. Jess Priles. That's right. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. Uh, You can get online, uh, Pits and Spits, and check out the pit. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to rack my brain. Last time I saw like an offset pit that had stainless steel roll top. I mean, I dig I dig the look. I'm a flashy guy. I didn't know if you knew that. Can't you tell with all my... Never mind. All right, uh, let me talk to you quickly about the Pit Barrel Cooker. By the way, shout out to uh, Noah Glanville. I'll be calling you tomorrow. Just in case you're watching, I want to give you fair warning. Uh, gang, pulling the trigger on a new cooker can be nerve-wracking sometimes. Temperature control, fire management, what woods to buy. Who needs the hassle? But I strongly suggest a pit barrel cooker. The pit barrel comes uh, makes cooking simple and fun, and it just might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a single cooker that will turn out great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulders and ribs while also being able to ramp up in temperature to do those burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. 
Versatility all thanks to the revolutionary design that goes beyond traditional convection. Their hook-and-hang method places the food right in the center of the heat, so it's acting like a stationary rotisserie. The result, great-tasting, perfectly cooked meat each and every time. Not only is the pit barrel a fabulous cooking vessel, it's aesthetically sexy as well. Built to withstand heat, and thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, the pit barrel is able to withstand any type of weather. It's also extremely portable. It fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs. Basically, it's ready to go wherever you are. Of course, all barbecue folks love accessories, and Pit Barrel doesn't disappoint here either. From the rubs, the stainless steel rub shakers, the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, turkey hangers, hinged grill grate, beer koozies, coffee mugs, a full line of accessories that will really complete your Pit Barrel cooking experience. And the best part of all, for $299, Pit Barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, and it ships for free right to your door. Not only does the cooker ship free, but with so few returns, everything they sell ships for free to lower 48. Each and every day, no promo code, no coupon needed. Don't take my word for it. Amazing Ribs continues to give them the highest rating awards in their gold division. Four years in a row, if you're counting. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. Be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos. Then pick up one or two for yourself. You can thank me later. Call them, 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222. And yes, they will actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about. Pit Barrel Cooker. All right. Hit me up if you want to come on this segment. We're open. We're ready to talk about whatever you want to talk about. Previous guests this hour, previous guests past months. Maybe we can play a game. Who knows? Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get smoking with Smithfield and their committed cooks program. Learn more at smoking, S M O K I N, smoking with Smithfield.com, smoking with Smithfield.com. Yep. Yep. All right. We'll see how this goes. Uh, go ahead. You're on the air. Hello. This is Rob Ryan from California. Rob Smoke and Rub. And I, uh, my frog sauce just won uh, Best Sauce on the Planet. Best Sauce nope. on the Planet? On the Planet. Really? With only 606 entries from 13 countries and wow. 43 Aww. states. Jeez. I mean, so, you, you know, it wasn't really like a, a very good showing then. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So, like, what's uh, what's the uh, what's in the sauce, Rob? Um, it, it's got some really good stuff in there. Uh, you know, I, if I tell you, you know, I probably have to, you know, make a trip over there and, and find you. But um, actually, it, it's got a real a, a real special taste to it. It's like not too many other sauces around. Uh, Rob, there were so was this judged at the. Uh, what what competition? At the American Royal. American Royal. All right. So I knew like the guy from, uh, uh, oh boy, 
how can a spice wine smoker, uh, Jay Curry won, his sauce won in a certain category. What category was yours? Um, mine placed first in vinegar, and then they take all the winners from the vinegar division yeah. and put them all together, and I won out of all the uh, the winners from the divisions. So out of all, like tomato sauce, vinegar sauce, tomato sauce, uh, mustard sauce, you're the, the high champion of everybody. I was the top dog. Wow. All right. So what's the uh, what's the website so everybody can go buy your uh, world championship or up? It's robsmokingrub.com. Robs smoking s m o k i n rub yes yeah. dot com all right so obviously you have a rub too um yes i have five different rubs i have three sauces um in the vinegar division at the american royal my frog sauce placed first my sweet chipotle sauce placed third wow and my sweet and tangy placed ninth in vinegar you got it going on there buddy i was pretty lucky this year no doubt all right how long you been in business uh, about five years now. Yeah. Are you uh, mostly online sales? Or are you pulling through a bunch of distributors and brick and mortar stuff? No, I'm I'm fairly new, small in Central California, and looking for distributors, looking for somebody to help me out. Uh, mostly online sales and uh, the pro um, competition uh, out here in California. Are you sponsoring teams? Um, yes, I sponsor Son of Smoke, Zach Galisti. That's that and kid, he right? Was, uh, he he was the the kid, and he was uh, rookie of the year in 2013 with it. Wow! All right, good. What else you got going on? That's about it. Just busier than heck right now with all the orders coming in. But I just wanted to reach out to you and say hey. And and I actually I think I sent it to you at one time, and you tasted my sauces. Are you going to put me on the spot like that and make me look like an ass? Uh-oh. Great. <laughs> Well done. You've done it, Rob. Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, so it's robsmokingrub.com, uh, the number one sauce Correct. in the world currently. And uh, he beat everybody. So uh, head on over there and, and buy him up. You got a day job, Rob? Yes, I do. Matter of fact, I'm a, a, a air conditioning tech uh, during the day and sauce slinger by weekends. Wow. So uh, how close are you to transitioning out of HVAC and going uh, full-time sauce? Um, real soon, real soon. Really? Believe me. <laughs> wow, good for you. All right, well, uh, we'll uh, we'll put the the link up here, and uh, hopefully, we'll bump you some sales there, bud. All right, sounds great. Thank you very much. All right, you got it. Thank you. Beat it, you, Rob. You did not just call my show and say, "Hey, I sent you my sauces, and you tasted them," and then I that did that really happen? Don't make me say, no, you didn't. God, I hate that. I don't know if I did or not. Get that big stuff out of here. God damn it, Rob. What are you doing to me? Uh, Robssmokingrub.com. There you go. See, this is what happens when you call in for the open segment. You get guys like Rob calling in saying, hey, my sauce won top sauce of ever for 2017. So how about that? Has anybody tried it? Son of Smoke. That's another kid that I'm trying to. Uh, that's another kid I'm trying to line up for like future of barbecue. I'm trying to line him up. I don't know if he gets out of California. It sounds like he's kind of young, but whatever. 
All right. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, this is how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. All right. Uh, we can also play a game where I can give you some Big Papa Smoker rubs of your choice. Uh, we got Cash Cow. We got Sweet Money. We got Money. We got Happy Ending. We got some Jalapeno rubs to give away. All that good stuff. So if you want to jump in and try and win something, you can call in 216-220-0966. And uh, we can play a game of your choice. And if you can get three of five right, hey, who knows what can happen? Anybody had uh, smoking Rob's Rub sauce? I, I did. Uh, I had Rob's sauce. It was uh, very memorable. <laughs> now the, there's nothing that cream cheeses my bagel more than Getting inadvertently put on the spot, and I have to look like you know what. John Dawson weighing in. You just got Baba buoyed. No kidding. More like I got uh, I got hit with the high. Yikes. Let me get my games up here in case somebody's going to call in. That way I'm not also getting laughed at for that. Uh, JessPriles.com. Thank you for last segment. And if you have not tried her rubs, by the way, you can go to JustPriles.com. Those are the hardcore carnivore rubs. There's black and red. And if you have any type of ability to decipher one rub, black. Uh, there is activated charcoal in that. And the other one is red, uh, different colors. But I believe the uh, flavor profile is more or less the same. And You know, I tend to agree with her that you know, uh, there's a lot of people that might have a similar stature or level of success uh, like she has within the industry and might have that idea, not pressure, but might have that idea to kind of strike while the iron's hot and just flood with all these different rubs. And not only at that point have you just added more dilution to the talent pool, but if somebody tries it and they don't feel like your effort is in it or now they feel like you're just, you know, pushing stuff out into the market, then you're risking everything that you've actually taken the time out to build. You know, it's always harder to build the reputation and keep it than it is to lose it. I mean, just go ahead and look around in any type of mainstream media these days I mean, you say anything. And or you say one thing that offends enough people, even if you've been somewhere for 15 years or 20 years or you're the highest rated cable show or whatever, you say something, boom, that's it. I mean, you can be off in one heartbeat of a second. So proving the point that working hard, building the reputation, that's the hardest part. And then within seconds of a bad decision or a misstep or saying something stupid, your reputation is gone. Maybe you're blackballed from the industry, whatever it is. So you got to ride that fine line between, look, everybody wants to make money, right? I think that's innate if you're any type of a capitalist. I want to make money. Everybody wants to make money. But I think you want to go about it the right way. And uh, Jess obviously is uh, very conscious of 
doing it the right way and maintaining the brand, and, and that's why she's just not slapping everything up against the wall. I did see a post in the instant chat room, I think from uh, Doug Durda, by the way. <clears throat> Congratulations to his uh, Penguins for winning the uh, National Hockey League championship. Oh, that's right. Nobody cares about hockey. The only thing that hockey rates over in my book is soccer. (laughs) And everybody knows how I feel about soccer. I mean, at least the guys on ice are men. The soccer people are shams. Uh Shams of men. Shells of men. Fake men. Uh Running around the grass, getting slid into and... At one moment, seems like every bit of life has been kicked out of them and they have been snipered with 50-millimeter caliber bullets. Only to be up within five seconds and then racing up and down the pitch again. I mean, soccer is the worst. And they never score. I have seen, like, I don't know, a lot of soccer games, like six or seven in my lifetime. And they never score. I defy you to show me a soccer game where there's any score. It's always ending in a tie, or maybe they go into that uh, penalty kick thing. You know what would really increase the popularity of soccer? And I get that soccer is, you know, real big amongst the youth here in America. Well, who cares about that? Let's talk about professional level sports where you make money. Let me tell you where soccer's at professionally here in the country. Sucks. Get that big stuff out of here. David Beckham stayed in Europe or wherever he's from to make all of his money. And then as he was aging and not going to be able to make it over in Europe anymore, hightailed it over here to the States and signed with some California club. That was like 20 years ago, I think. And got a boatload of cash and it did exactly zero. Name three really good soccer players. There's a Ronaldo, but he doesn't play in America. And that's it. I think that's it. Does Alexi Lalas still play? <laughs> What about Landon Donovan? He's good. Uh, 216-220-0966 if you want to play. We do have some uh, winery or rehab available. We have cheese or fanta. We also have everybody's favorite, porn star or athlete. Um, uh, I did see that... Somebody had asked Meathead when they were going to be coming out with their rub. Nope. Meathead says never. We rate and review, so we need to be impartial. Which would lead me to believe that Meathead's saying that he couldn't possibly rate anybody above his Memphis dust because it's that good. Hey, I love a man with chutzpah and confidence. Not even kidding. All right. What did I do with it? I got an email from uh, Top Men. Where is it? From the state. Uh, uh, By the way, I don't know if anybody heard it, but kind of 75% through the Jess Pryles conversation. Jess talked about horse meat. I think a little tongue-in-cheek as if, Tongue-in-cheek, pardon the pun, because I was going to try and go down the beef-cheek train. And we didn't board that one, but we quickly uh, ran off the rails on horse meat talk. Unexpected, by the way, not provoked by me. But I'm happy to take that train if you're going to run with it. So 
let us talk about how yet another country, it is legal, legal to uh, cultivate, cull, process, and eat, sell and eat in Australia, France, a lot of uh, European countries. So I, I think Americans need to do a much better job at opening their mind because next week I'm going to be sharing an email with you from the great esteemed Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown. And I use great and esteemed loosely because I don't know if he even took the time to read my email all the way through due to the response that I got. But we'll talk about that next week because I don't have time. Email coming in from John Dawson. Rem, so like I frequently say, soccer is for countries that can't afford goalposts. Hockey is just soccer at lower temperatures. <laughs> Here's all I know. If I had a choice between having the best soccer player as my wingman going down a dark alley or the best hockey player, 100% of the time, it's the hockey player. Ronaldo, the first time somebody takes a swing at him, he's going to flop around and act all concussed. He's rich, though. Folks, grilling season is officially open for business, and the place to head for all of your barbecue and grilling needs is Butcher Barbecue. Certainly, we know by now that Butcher's carries a great selection of barbecue products, but their portfolio of grilling items continues to expand as well. You've heard me talk about the grilling oils for a while now, and I really believe that these products will change the way you cook forever. These items are shelf-stable, do not require refrigeration like a lot of the other butters do. With grilling oils, all you need to do is leave it by the stove, take it out to the grill, use as needed. Don't worry, it's not going to go bad. Need a butter kick? Use butter flavor. Want a chipotle or a steakhouse kick? They have those flavors as well for you to try. And here's how I use them. Flavors aren't aggressive, so you can build layers of flavor as you flip. Then, when I take the steak or burger off, I hit them with another small layer of grilling oil before they go on the table. Perfect. Because they're shelf-stable, they are never out of sight, out of mind, like they are with some other items that you're going to use. Never resting on his laurels. Dave always in the flavor lab, coming up with new stuff. And the newest item right now is his grilling addiction seasoning, available for sale at ButcherBBQ.com. Lastly, dealers wanted. If you currently own a barbecue and grilling supply store and do not carry the Butcher Barbecue lineup, what are you waiting for? Hit up ButcherBBQ.com and request information on how to become a dealer for them today. Not only will Dave thank you, but your customers will reap the rewards by getting these fine products in their hands to try for themselves. These products are extensively tested in both the backyard and on the competition trail, so you know they are going to deliver in the goods. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com now and check out all the products that they have. You'll be happy that you did. Butcher's Barbecue, that's ButcherBBQ.com. Butcher Barbecue, always trust your butcher. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. Segment being brought to you by the National Pro Barbecue Tour, presented by Sam's Club. 31 cities, 500,000 in cashish to be won. Eternal bragging rights if you win the whole damn thing. This weekend, the 2017 Pro Barbecue Tour rolls into Alfreda, Georgia. It's a local qualifier. To get more info on the tour, register your team to compete if there's still spots. I don't know. Or to check results, most importantly, you can head on over to their website, kcbs.us slash samstour, S-A-A-M-S, samstour. That's kcbs.us slash samstour. And we uh, thank Sam's Tour for their continued support of the show here over the last handful of years. I think it's like the fourth season that we've been doing it with them. So very excited they continue to stay on. Uh, Scott Shimano weighing in. John Dawson is the Ralph Cirilla of the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Always deliver the goods when he contributes Radio Gold. That's right. Uh, I don't want to speak for John, but I don't know if, uh, you know, Ralphie is a, a great comparison as far as, you know, the looks. John's very active. He's not lazy. He does not set up my clothes for me at work, uh, you know, all of this stuff. Not running around the Playboy mansions, as it were. <laughs> John, there's no Playboy mansions in the hinterlands, right? I think we're off uh, a little too far away from that. Uh, Doug Durda, Penn's had three guys playing with broken bones. Someone in the NBA gets a hangnail and they're out three to six weeks. Yeah, I get it. But it doesn't deny the fact or it doesn't supersede the fact that when it comes to popularity, hockey ranks right around curling. <laughs> I can make an argument that while the softball, the NCAA softball World Series tournament is on, that is more popular than hockey. That gets more watches. Certainly way more exciting in my estimation. I know I'm a little partial, of course, but what can I tell you? All right, let's go ahead and uh, work our way out of it. All the way back in the first hour, it was Meathead Goldwyn talking about rapping, talking about a bunch of other items, what a pitmaster is or isn't, cooking directly on the Coles caveman style. If you miss it, you get into the podcast. Second hour, we talked with Jess Priles, JessPriles.com. She's got a new pit out that she uh, made in conjunction with Pits and Spits. It's a 48-incher and a 36-incher, uh, almost four grand for the big one, uh, around 36 for the 36-inch. Uh, also, I uh, talked a little bit about her rub business and so forth, so check her out at JessPriles.com. Going to be speaking at, she say Texas A&M or something like that? Yeah. Giving a lecture, a meat lecture. We'll be back next week, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. And until next week, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Good night now.